Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 27 of the Business Handmade Podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kim. And thank you for listening to all 27 episodes so far. I can't believe it's been 27. I'm just assuming everybody has listened to every single one. And I think I say I can't believe it before every episode, too. (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you start a podcast in January and you do one a week. In July, it adds up to 27. (laughs) (laughs) basic math everyone which is a nice segue into what we're going to talk about for today's episode yeah we wanted Um, to do a short one but based on something that's very important right now yep just you know doing our due diligence as a business ourselves and keeping with supporting our makers and um you know just making sure that you guys have all your ducks in a row um the tax deadline has been extended to july 15th so that is something that we just wanted to kind of talk about, give you some quick last-minute resources and tips, and that's it. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode this time, but I think that's okay. So basically, pretty much every type of business that we all fall under, whether you're you know, an LLC or a sole proprietor, um, you need to make sure that you are filing your taxes and, um, you know, I have never been one that really like trusts myself to do it myself. Some people are fantastic with like, you know, using QuickBooks or, um, what are some of the other programs that people use for doing their taxes? Quicken, TurboTax. Quicken. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you totally trust yourself, that's great. But otherwise I would certainly recommend it's so worth the money that you spend to go to someone who does this all the time because they know what to look for and especially when you're filing not only your personal taxes but your business taxes too um and we all know that you know throughout the year as a maker especially if you're someone who's going to shows or uh, you know craft shows and you're writing down all of your mileage and parking and um lodging if you need it or you know just whatever your your out-of-pocket costs would be for things related to doing your job Um, It's important to save all those receipts and everything. And it gets kind of daunting. Like, I mean, from our angle, it's we have, what, like 24 events a year. So to have receipts from every single event and to plus all the times that we're scouting out venues and and doing things meetings all of the things leading up to the show our relationship building yeah Yeah. it's it's very difficult um and we definitely fall behind on a lot of the record keeping um but just going through when you know you're at the end of the year and you want to make sure you file everything properly going through and remembering what did i spend money on where was i uh taking money in, mm-hmm. you know, all of that information, it's easier to do it as you go along. So having really a software, yeah. having a software is very important to, you know, keep you on track early on. That's why we connected QuickBooks because it's something that for the, I mean, of course it still requires due diligence on our end, but from the day to day perspective, it kind of tracks what we're doing, you know, what, where money's going and it kind of outlines all that for us. Gives us a reminder. Yeah. So um, like I was saying, you know, if you've got, if, if you go to a bunch of shows throughout the year or, you know, just something where like you're, you're shipping product or just buying more product, things that you need to save receipts for, sometimes it's easier to have someone else do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. It I comes, agree with that. It comes at a, you know, at a, a cost, of course, when you're filing business taxes, but I think it's better to have someone do it for you. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, the IRS stopped processing paper returns too. So if you're doing a paper return, 
Um, you haven't been able to do that since March. Do people uh, do paper returns anymore? I think so. I think some people um, haven't switched over to do it, doing it the TurboTax way. You know, they just mail in their documents. And, that's crazy. And that's the way that they have always done it. So if you were thinking of doing that, um, you won't be able to do that. They haven't reopened paper returns um, and they don't know when they will. So that's just a thing to be aware of because there is going to be delays in some of the refunds as well. Um, since this is a new process and they're kind of onboarding people um, to process more of the online returns, um, it'll, it'll be a little bit longer of a process, I think. Isn't it wild that it's July and we're talking about taxes? I mean, that's yeah. one of those things for me where when January hits, I'm kind of like... Nervous just so about mindful. it already? Like I'm not, not nervous because I don't have anything to be nervous about. We're always truthful about what we're doing. And, you know, we do a pretty good job of tracking everything that we have. So it's ready to go. But right. it's just a matter of like, that feels like a huge thing for me. I never want to be in a situation where I forget or which I would never forget. I don't know what it is. I just am worried about it. Or, you know, don't ever want to be in a situation where we're audited. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, even if we were, it would all be fine, of course. But it's just like a headache that I don't look forward to. Yeah. So when January rolls around, I'm like, okay, let's get this done right away. Well, speaking about extensions, um, this has already been extended from April 15th to July 15th. Um, but there is another potential extension that oh. you could ask for. Um and then it would be due in October. So yeah. that's just something that if you need the additional three months to prepare, to prepare, you can ask for that specific extra extension. Well, because you can apply for extensions regularly. Right. You know, when it's when it's due in April, on April 15th, you can apply for an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't so think that July just... 15th is the end-all be-all. But there are plenty of makers, um, and I see on some of the Facebook groups where there's like just that really kind-hearted person that reminds the group they like they're like the shepherd of the group that keeps everyone on the same page and reminds them to pay their quarterly taxes Mm -hmm. and you know of course from the irs um from their angle they prefer that you pay as you go and it kind of helps even things out in the end you don't have to struggle to you know pay back anything that you should have been deducting or anything so it's like you know you're already paying that um in advance and it helps i guess yeah. Um, and I'm also looking, I did a couple of Google searches and it's also saying that it's a real a really good time to check in with a professional right now, because if you've had a major shift um, in your income or your employment or something has changed uh, because of COVID, there are additional um, things that you can apply for or things that you can put down on your taxes. Oh. Um, so just be aware, you know, you might not know it yourself. So this year out of all the years that you are doing your taxes, you might want to consult somebody just to be extra sure that you're, yeah. you're getting what you, you deserve. Yeah. I do feel like it is kind of tricky this year with everything that's yes. going on. Um, if you've applied for any of the small business relief, mm-hmm. you know, um, the COVID relief, like grants or loans or anything, it's just probably good to have that bigger picture, um, like snapshot of where things are falling, you know, when do you, not only do you need to be mindful of like taxes when payments are due and getting yourself on track for, you know, pay as you go, but also keeping in mind, okay, you know, if I got the, um, paycheck protection, when is that repayment due or when do I have to file for that to be forgiven? And same goes for some of the other small business loans, if you were approved for any of that stuff. So it is a good time to kind of consult someone who has that 
accounting background. Especially if you're doing your taxes for yourself and your business at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another time that you want to be extra certain and, and take extra care um, in making sure that it's done right. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's pretty daunting. It's pretty involved. There are five different types of business tax, business taxes that you have to file. Income, estimated tax, self-employment, employment, and excise tax. Those are just some of the things that you need to be aware of. Um, but, you know, if you if this is something you've been doing on your own, you probably already know how to do it and feel comfortable with it. Or just, if you're a new business, you've probably already looked into these things yeah. to, to make sure that you're extra prepared. Or what about businesses that sit th- that say, like, oh, I just have my Etsy shop or I just do, like, you know, a couple shows a year. Do I really need to file my taxes? What yeah. Would you, what would you say? Well, it depends. There's a threshold, right? If you're on Etsy, they'll mail you the form if you've re- reached that threshold um, of income. Is it $10,000? I don't know. Less? I don't want to quote a number and be wrong, but it's something pretty low. Like you probably, if you are a serious Etsy person so, yeah. and, you know, you've been on the platform for a year and you've made, you know, a couple of sales each month, you've probably hit that mm-hmm. threshold already. Um, but there is, you know, uh, if you do under a certain amount of money, you won't have to uh, file it on your taxes. And that's actually a question that we get a lot, too, when people are signing up for our shows. They ask if they need to have a tax ID. Especially for the state, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you need a New York or a, a New Jersey or Pennsylvania um, tax number? Yeah. If you're a sole proprietor, honestly, so just a little business advice. Take a step back. I think if, if this is something that you're doing as your business, the, the likelihood that you would ever get into a legal situation is probably small. Mm-hmm. But I think it's worth protecting yourself and protecting your assets. So Definitely. whether you're a sole proprietor and you just want to have your ducks in a row, you can use your social security number to file your taxes. But if you are, you know, doing the doing this as more of a business, doing it often enough, it's probably worth you filing the LLC because that actually offers you some more legal protection as well so that if God forbid there was ever anything that, you know, you found yourself in a legal bind, um, you're not personally liable for whatever that situation is. If you ended up, if you found yourself in court, it would be against the business. And I mean, you know, just considering, unfortunately, with what recently happened with Sugar Loaf Craft Festival mm-hmm. about them filing for bankruptcy and things. Have we and, mentioned that on the podcast I'm yet? Not sure, if we did, but um, yeah, we feel it's like, very it's, terrible. It's tragic. It's it, it's something hit us that was very like personally. Such a staple, you know, and it was something that we enjoyed to do in the spring and fall, going over to our local convention center to be able to see, you know, friends of ours that were doing the Sugar Love show or or just to go and appreciate the art that was there because it was such a high quality show. But anyway, um, they filed for bankruptcy, but because they were an LLC, they had that level of protection, you know, to be able to file for bankruptcy and have protection so that people who are looking to get their money back or, you know, whatever they are not able to go after those people personally. They have to file through bankruptcy court to see if they can even get mm-hmm. something. So people ask us, now I can go back to what I was saying. People <laughs> ask us all the time, like, do I need to file an LLC? Do I need to have a tax ID number? We are responsible for, you know, if someone from the government ever came and audited our show, they could go around and ask each person for some sort of tax identification because you are in effect a peddler of your product Mm -hmm. and you are peddling 
So you need to have the proper um, permits or, you know, just something proving that you are paying taxes for what's happening. You're, you know, you're making money. Um, and so the government wants to see documentation on that. Um, do you need to be an LLC? Not necessarily if you're a sole proprietor. And one of the things Kevin and I were talking about today, too, was, you know, like delegating and like hiring new employees. And is that something that you consider? So that's step two. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a minute. But so, no, you don't need to necessarily be an LLC if you are truly a sole proprietor, but it could offer you that that extra protection. And um, and it just I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I've always done everything like by the book. So maybe I'm not the best person to consult for things like this because maybe, you know, if you're more of a risk taker, then you don't mind not having all this stuff. I think it depends on how big your business is and how many uh, revenue streams and expenses you have, Mm -hmm. because the more things that are piled on your plate and, and more places that your business operates, uh, the more risk there is, yeah. and you want to make sure that your risk in any given situation is low. So if an LLC will cover you for some of those risky situations, you know you never know what's going to happen, um, that might be the, the right way to go. If you're operating pretty small standardly and um, in one kind of stream, like you only do it on Etsy and that's you, you yeah. know, your bases yeah. are set there, um, operating as a sole proprietor, or single owner you know yeah. it might be fine you know it all I mean, depends that's, that's you know in the same vein as like business insurance do you right do you is it worth the investment for you to do business to get business insurance and some people require or some promoters i should say require some sort of certificate of insurance um there are ways that i you could potentially i guess use your homeowner's insurance, I think there are, I think I have heard of that. Um, but overall there are like the craft promoter and craft maker categories. So there are insurance brokers who can sell you event insurance and it's generally pretty cheap from the crafter perspective, depending on what those thresholds need to be. Um, when we start talking about event promoter insurance, that's a totally different ball game that, you know, you guys probably don't necessarily need to know about except for, Yes, we have it if you're doing our shows. Um, but I think it's it's one of those things that's worth it because you mm-hmm. just don't know if someone, if you're at a show that's like along the Jersey Shore on the boardwalk or something and it turns out to be a windy day and someone's tent blows and knocks all of your stuff over and everything's damaged, you know, that's something that, that's, I mean, a pain to have to clean up and a lot of heartache because you made all that stuff. But something like event insurance would then protect you from from that, so... That's just something else to consider. But going back to um, what we were talking about, about delegating. Mm -hmm. um, I've probably mentioned in past episodes that for me, it always felt like a struggle to think about having a hire, having hiring someone and having someone work under us um, because I don't ever want to lose touch with what we've worked to build. And it feels scary to think, you're now responsible for paying someone's salary, you know, mm-hmm. as, yeah. as a small business. So, I mean, what are what is your perspective on that? I think that some of the fear is that if you hire a new person under you to do some of the work, they won't do it exactly the way that you would do it. Mm-hmm. So there is some um, uncertainty there if the person is kind of doing it with their own spin. You know, if, if you don't 
teach them exactly the way to do it, exactly the way that you want to, to your specifications, um, obviously it's going to be a little bit different. Um, and then secondly, you do have to pay, you know, wages and, and understand and uh, be mindful of that, especially in this type of world where there's so much uncertainty, you know, having that risk of, okay, I can't pay another person's salary is different than, okay, I just can't pay myself right now. Right. So, so there's always going to be something like that that could potentially happen. Um, so that's probably the, the scariest thing, uh, especially in a business like ours where we're doing events um, in person and that can fluctuate year to year, mm-hmm. you know, depending on any sort of uh, outside factors. So I we could do 50 events and then we can do 20 events. So how do you structure somebody's you know, salary or hourly yeah. rate do you have someone- based on anything? It's, it's very flexible and uh, variable there. Yeah. Like maybe it's worth having someone as a, as a contractor for something like that. But, but even from the maker perspective, I mean, you never know. You could just be trending. Like you could, you could hit the algorithm sweet spot and be like top on Etsy or, you know, something and just end up getting a ton of sales one month and then nothing the next month. Or, you know, maybe Valentine's Day is your, is your peak, sweet spot. is your peak time of year or Christmas or, you know, maybe you make teacher gifts or, you know, something like that. Maybe. Well, in that case, you should definitely think about seasonal hires. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've looked into internships as well, where, you know, we could partner with a local college yeah. um, to get an intern that would get uh, college credit potentially and but only work in, for a semester or yeah, something like that. You need to be an LLC to be able to take advantage of that. But that's something that maybe people don't know because yeah, we there are specifications, but it's definitely something that's interesting that everybody should look into, especially if you're looking to have a little bit of help part time of the year mm-hmm. um, and potentially for free too, because that person is learning skills uh, for small business and entrepreneurship. And I think that's important for right now too, like, there are so many kids now who are graduating high school and are missing out on that summer internship opportunity because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So if you are an LLC and you think you could use some help for running your social media or, you know, just kind of figuring things out or, you know, if you are able to have them work for you remotely making product, maybe it's something that you can like do a porch pickup or drop off of supplies and and you're comfortable with them doing that or maybe it's something silly like not silly because it's still work but simple like putting labels on Mm -hmm. candles or you know something if there's something that you can do that can count for them for like a marketing or small business some sort of experience Mm -hmm. because there are so many kids who are not getting that or even if you're not looking if you're not an LLC and you're not looking to put it out there to a college to help you recruit that person think about your local neighborhood. I mean, we all pretty much have a Facebook page for our towns where you could post something, you know, whatever the dollar amount is that you're willing to pay them. But to get a high school kid, someone who would have otherwise been working at a camp or working at the movie theater or, you know, something for the summer and all of that stuff is closed right now. So it's something to kind of help them out, but also help you. And maybe you can get that, you know, um, person working under you and if it works out really well that might be someone you decide to hire down the line because they're starting to get a foot in your business and like understand how that operates and that's also you dipping your toe in the water right so you're having somebody kind of work with you and seeing how that goes developing your style as a manager if you've never done that before yeah um it 
is less risk because <laughs> you're not hiring a full-time staff member, um, but you're getting the benefit of seeing what that would feel like and what types of activities they would do mm-hmm. and tailor that you know, based on that experience to how you would like to do that in the future. And it does feel very scary to hire someone, but what we've heard from pretty much every person, every maker in our community that has a hire working for them is that the second they hired that person, business skyrocketed. Well, it was a game changer for them. Yes, like they were able to, it seems so counterintuitive. It sounds like, oh, well, now I got to work my butt off to make sure that I make that amount but once they were able to free themselves up from some of the maybe, you know, not so passion driven stuff like managing their social media Glamorous or, tasks. you know, things like that. Maybe once they got someone who was experienced in running social media or someone who, you know, could do something like the labels, they were able to then crank out more product mm-hmm. or focus on something like once product photography was off the plate, off their plate, then it was like, oh, cool. Now I can focus more on getting my name out there and then business right it, it they just it freed up that much time for them to then develop business more get into some stores or you know whatever increase their online presence whatever they were doing i mean mm-hmm. it's probably a little bit hard now but you know stores in at least in new jersey are open again so if you are able to do like um uh consignment or something where you drop off your product and that's something to think about too. Yeah. It goes back to taxes again that you would have to make sure that you are <laughs> mindful and, and paying the right taxes if you did decide to bring someone under your belt, but it could be great for business. Yeah. And I just wanted to read uh, this quick thing from barons.com. This is an article, Four Steps Small Businesses Can Take to Lower Their 2020 Tax Bill. Um, and I'll link this in the show notes as well, but just one of the tips is taking advantage of the federal federal relief that's out there right now. Um, so the CARES Act um, was signed into law to address coronavirus and the economic fallout from that. Um, and it allows net operating losses generated uh, from the beginning of 2018, 2019, or 2020 uh, to be carried back for five years. So what that really means is that business owners could file an amended return uh, to take advantage of that opportunity and then let's say in, in this article, they're giving an example that a clothing manufacturer could have had a really great year in 2019, but was really hit hard by the pandemic. Um, they're expecting this year, unfortunately, to be a bust. Not um, at all. <laughs> you know, maybe their suppliers are not working right now. Uh, maybe they're not be, being able to sell their things because customers are not willing to purchase right now. Um, but their business can still bring in a net operating uh they can bring in net operating losses back to a prior period and generate tax benefits now. Oh, cool. um, so there are things, and this is called the CARES Act, there are things in place that kind of um, smooth that out a little bit because you could have been doing really well, not doing really well right now, and then it kind of levels your playing field so it's not such a big drop for you. Man, I mean, this article is mentioning that you could still feel implications of covid in 2021 and i feel like i can't wrap my brain around that like i don't of course you know of course that's true but it's hard to think like yeah we could all be suffering in 2021 yeah in march it was hard to think uh far enough ahead to the summer and now we're here 
Um, so yeah, now looking back, I can are. definitely see some residual impacts in 2021. It's very scary. It's scary, but that's another reason why having a professional or someone who is privy to all of these potential benefits, things that mm-hmm. are worth it. I mean, even for us, um, from our perspective of like not being able to have any shows and really I'm the only person on payroll here if you would even call it that because I'm very much that person that's like let me just put the money back into the business um I had to consult my tax accountant because I wasn't sure I don't want to ever be in a situation where I'm like taking out a loan Mm -hmm. against you know against like the business who knows if yeah. very, and that's you know if that's something you need to do and you feel confident that it's something you can pay back then you know great all the power to you that's why these resources are there but i um again am less of a risk taker and a little hmm. bit terrified that more who knows, by the books who knows what will happen or when and if it came down to when we needed to i'd really need to give that some thought but where i stand right now i probably wouldn't want to take out a loan i just you know so i want to make sure that i know all the resources available to me make sure that all of my tax documents are in which they are um and just trying to get everything done you know so it's kind of like downtime where we're not able to go to shows or anything but you can focus on that really terrible off the office the paper pushing that you have to do when you're a business owner yeah and our expenses are pretty low right now because we aren't driving to shows and spending money and um (laughs) our fiscal uh quarter one of 2020 is is fairly up to date because there's not a lot going on but unfortunately but our free time has increased yes but our joy is I joy. I mean, we. I feel like we have two buckets of joy. We have the parenting bucket of joy, mm-hmm. and the like friend and you know friend and family bucket of joy, and then the passion bucket of joy of like what we love to do by having the business. And well, it's hard to feel fulfilled by your work that you're passionate about when you can't actually go out and do it. Yeah. You know, we're doing it very modified right now. Yeah. Um with shoparmakers.com, obviously, you know, we're still in contact with a lot of makers where we can support them online, but we really love going out and seeing them in person and and seeing customers come and and have a good time at our events. So that's the thing that's been uh impacting our joy meter. <laughs> our joy meter. As my finger. What a joy meter. As what my finger dwindles meter. around 20%. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great that we do have these connections with makers and we're able to chat with them and we're friends with so many of them, you know, since we've been working with them for the last like three and a half years. Well, that's what we've been doing is just checking in on everybody to see how everybody's doing and if there's any support that we can offer because um, we're here and ready to help with whatever we can do. Um, but just checking in and being like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. You know, just lending a friendly ear, I think, is, is the best thing that we can do right now. Right. And I mean, it's challenging because as much as we want to be able to help people or, you know, as much as we think like, oh, our business was impacted, the customers are also impacted. You know, yeah. there are people who are out of jobs, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything new. People know that, you know, their businesses, their jobs have also been impacted. So whether they're laid off or their business owners themselves, they don't really have that quote unquote disposable income mm-hmm. that they would typically use at a craft show. So it's kind of until a that challenge. second stimulus comes out. Right. Well, where <laughs> is that coming out? Who knows? And not everyone qualifies for that. That's another thing to talk right. to an accountant about. But um, because people 
have to kind of keep their their purse strings drawn right now. Look at me, I sound like this is now a financial fashion. a financial podcast because you're using <laughs> no. very financial terms. Is it a financial term? I feel like it's a Victorian term. I don't even know. They're purse strings. They have to keep their purse strings drawn because, um, you know, it's so uncertain right now. Yeah. So I think businesses are suffering. The customers are suffering. The makers are suffering. We're suffering. And, I mean, luckily, luckily, I don't even know if you can say luckily, but luckily the most the bigger part of the suffering for us comes from like our personal passion of being there and yeah. doing that and just missing that you know it's mm-hmm. we've just been lucky that we've been able to kind of transition to shop our makers.com and have something going in the meantime but we are yeah. cautiously optimistic about our fall and winter events we cautiously have our fingers crossed and right. we are going forward as normal um, we have a lot of great people signed up um, to do some of these fall and winter events already. Um, I mean, people are, are ready to get back yes. out there oh for, my sure. Gosh, for sure. Makers as long as it's safe customers. and as long as we're making sure everybody is, you know, fi- following the guidelines set yeah. by the state and, and the government and everything. And I think what works we're really well for, for us is that the fall events that we do are typically with breweries mm-hmm. and mostly outside or yep. can be moved, can be moved outside. outside and just from our experience a couple of weeks ago we went out to Hackettstown to visit some of our brewer friends which like Kevin and I had not left the house like that was our first all. foray back into the public yeah, yeah that was really our first and we were nervous we you know not gonna lie we were a little worried because when alcohol is involved people don't they lack that boundary of social mm-hmm. distancing and we didn't know what to expect. I mean, we knew we could control ourselves, but you can't control other people. Um, no, the owners at we those were breweries were pleasantly fantastic. surprised. It was like probably one of the best experiences we've had at any of the breweries because everyone from customers through like brewery staff, staff to owners of the breweries were just like everyone was so mindful, so polite and respectful of one another, which is like, hello, this is what society needs all the time. Right. I wish we knew, you know, I wish people could be like that. But it was amazing to see, you know, Matt Ziegler at Zigmeister sanitizing tables um, and Joe Fisher at um, Manskirt. He was out and he was serving people. Um, or Chuck over at Jersey Girl, he was out and, you know, he was just helping He was making the rounds and, and making enforce, sure people yeah. were wearing their masks when they were walking around and not going inside of the brewery except if they needed to use the restroom. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's all these small things that, of course, have to be regulated because of everybody's safety. Um, but who's going to do that? And the owners are stepping into place to make sure that their uh, venue is safe for everybody. Yes, and, and that's what's going to be the case optimistically speaking yes. when we have For our events. events in the fall is that we have that support from people that gonna, know exactly the yes, right way to do these it's going to be a new normal but we still saw all three of those breweries had people there mm-hmm. and not just like one person two people trickling in they had people they were busy by covid standards yep. and if anything i think what's going to happen is that the people who are truly serious about craft show shopping and breweries and things and really do have that affinity that we so yeah. appreciate, we're going to get less of what your mom calls the looky loose. Yeah, they'll be we'll the get... serious people that are missing <laughs> yeah. the events coming out specifically for them. Yes, and they're going to be the people that are okay with social distancing. They're going to understand that these are 
guidelines that are yep. put in place that are not in our control, not in the brewery owner's control, and not in the crafter's control. So my thought is that it'll maybe even be a more enjoyable experience because you'll have, I think people have been, gen- at least from us speaking in like our community, we've all been really generous with like our local businesses mm-hmm. and restaurants with like tipping and stuff and just appreciating that they, that they are out there on the front lines. Right. So maybe you'll feel that impact as well more of a connection with people maybe they'll be less likely to talk you down in price because i'm shocked to know that that's a thing that happens but people shockingly yeah go to craft shows as though it's a flea market market. sometimes Mm -hmm. with that mindset that they can talk you down um and i i'm hopeful that it'll just be a more positive experience it'll be people that really do love that experience they love the art they love craft beer they are going stir crazy in their homes and can't wait to get out and that's kind of what we're hearing so far so hopefully all goes well and according to plan yeah we're very excited to see everybody at sigtoberfest at sigmeister and crafts and drafts at jersey girl and of course winter village at the red mill which we are still very excited and moving forward with so Cautiously um, optimistic. Exactly. So if you have any questions for us, feel free to email us at hello at marketspacevendorevents.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at marketspacevendorevents. Um, and shoparmakers.com is the best place to go to find a handmade gift and support local uh, small businesses. Yeah, build up your local small business makers. You can shop by zip code, product type, or causes you're passionate about, like LGBT-owned businesses, woman-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, whatever the case may be. Um, if you're really into sustainable and you're trying to take more of a sta- sustainable approach to living and your lifestyle and your home, um, you can search by that as well. So take a look at shoparmakers.com. Of course, support your local makers. Support any of your local businesses because this is a really tough time i vote that everyone should just order food from their local pizzeria tomorrow <laughs> to support local business um and just stay optimistic guys because we'll get through all of this yeah thank you so much for listening thank please you. rate and review this podcast episode <laughs> so that we go up and up on the charts and file your taxes and file your taxes <laughs> thank you bye bye